I'm Emily Liddell. And I'm Kyle Kachadorian. And you're listening to another episode of The Accessible Stall. What what are we going to talk about today, Emily? Okay, I don't know how you've been feeling, but now that Twitter, which I refuse to call by its new name, has been in a total down spiral, I'm wondering where I'm supposed to be finding disability community on the internet. And I think the honest answer is I don't know. And I'm feeling a little bit removed from it all right now. I feel the same. But before we get into it, I just want to point out what you said about how you refuse to call it by its new name. And the reason I think that's funny is because in the press, um, it all they all say X, formerly known as Twitter, and it just makes me think of Prince. And it also makes me think of like what a colossal failure he has done to rebrand re it. Because if you need to constantly state its new name and what its old name used to be, um, then you probably don't have the same level of brand recognition that you once did. And you threw it away for no reason. So big brain move there. I know this is not a marketing podcast, but both of us are in communications for our day jobs. And what a massive, massive branding failure. Did you see how um, also it was valued at $19 billion today? Down from $44 billion. Yes, Didn't... I did see that. My God. And not for nothing, but on top of all of that, I mean, I know we're going to get more into the community conversation, but they just continue to strip away basic features that make it more accessible. I mean, slashing the accessibility team and changing the way that articles show up so that you don't even have... Oh, that was so bad. I'm sorry. That was the worst thing. That was terrible that he did that. And like, I know we're late on the uptake here and that this is the conversation that has already been happening, but I think I'm really feeling it lately because today I was actually trying to put together um, my monthly newsletter that I send out. And in that newsletter, I always include a bunch of links and I have a little section that I call disability around the interwebs. And for as long as I've been running the newsletter, the primary place where I would source those links was from Twitter because I followed disabled journalists and I engaged with disabled people who were constantly sharing news and updates and information about culture and just making me feel like I had a, that lifeline and that I was connected. And this month, I mean, I haven't really been on Twitter almost at all. So I'm realizing that there's a scarcity of information when I used to get a steady stream. Yeah. It really has been interesting to see as somebody who doesn't really use Twitter for anything other than the news, the it, it's become sort of um, a shell of its former self. Almost, I don't want to say a ghost town because there are still people using it, but the type of con types of content that I see going on Twitter nowadays is just not I used to see people I follow and it used to recommend me people that you know it thought I would be interested in and I would find a lot of disabled people that way like really cool 
really, frankly, normal, regular, everyday disabled people. And I don't know, I never found Twitter to be such a huge community for me, but I do know that it definitely was my sort of gateway drug, big air quotes, to the larger online disability community space. And as much as we've talked about, you know, how much we want to see that improve, you know, say what you want about it, but Twitter really was sort of ground zero for that. And that's something that I would always, that's, I've always been thankful for. And it's just, it's not, it's just not the same. It's, there's something sad about it. And it's not even just Twitter. I'm missing that sense of online community in general. I think that era feels very much over to me, even though there are so many disabled people who are still out there, you know, sharing their stories and sharing their thoughts. And, you know, I know people are on Instagram and people are on TikTok and I don't know, what are the other ones? Blue Sky. And I mean, the thing is, at this point, oh, Threads. Thread. I don't know. on Threads? Is anyone on Threads? Apparently, anyone Threads listener? I, I want to know because I'm not. And I just don't have it in me anymore to transition to new social media platforms. If I'm being entirely honest with you, by the time Snapchat rolled around, I had given up. Yes. I love, you know, I, you know, we both do social media for our job. So it's, I don't know about you, but I definitely have this like love hate with it because I love to see what a platform is capable of when it's done well. And typically that's, you know, you see that in the beginning and you sort of figure out the best way to use this new novel thing. It was very cool to see with TikTok. I don't know the first thing about TikTok, but it was cool to watch that happen. But with mature, for lack of a better word, sites like Twitter, it's just like, I don't know what's left. What's left on there? But uh, I don't just, it's just... No, I agree with you. And yeah, I don't want to be a downer. Like, I'm not trying to be a bummer. I think I'm genuinely interested to hear from people who are listening where they find a sense of community. Yeah. Are you watching YouTube videos that we should know about? Are there TikTokers that you recommend? I mean, the reality is that I'm a curmudgeonly millennial at this point. Yeah, we're old now. (laughs) I can't really bring myself to learn new social media platforms, but if it would bring me further into the community that I feel like I'm lacking online, then I would really love that. And, you know, Instagram certainly has its fair share of disabled people and content creators and there's community there, but it's just not as conversational. And sometimes that's a good thing because conversational can lead to just a pile on and a complete mess. Um, even though that does still happen in the comments section on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, it just doesn't feel as much like there's connection and I'm missing that and I don't know where to find it. But maybe it's just because I'm not looking hard enough. Yeah, I mean, does it exist? I have to imagine that it does, right? Because I would find it very difficult to believe that a community just sort of up and vanished from thin air. 
But that's also, and honestly, refresh my memory because maybe this is what we talked about uh, previously around disability in the community. But I mean, what even does the word community mean? How does the community vanish? How does the community form? Um, how does it take shape? And then what is it that causes that community to disperse elsewhere? Uh, well, I can't answer most of those questions, but I think one is a cataclysmic event involving a billionaire buying your platform and just ruining it. That'll do it. Well, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's a valid question, right? Like, because you, I would assume, right, if, if our community is as strong as I'd like to believe it is, um, that it shouldn't matter where we end up or how we get there. It'll kind of live on, right? And I'm not saying it hasn't, but I'm saying that I just want to find it again, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, maybe we are getting too old. Maybe they are all on TikTok now. And maybe we have to learn how to do TikTok dances, but seated. Okay, actually, I think you're on to something here. Yeah, wait, actually, that's content. Wait, we should probably, yeah. We should definitely do TikTok chair dancing. That's probably, that's 100% already a thing. But gotta be. by, well, I know it is because I'm the age where I watch my TikToks on Instagram reels. Yes. <laughs> so um, I know, like, I follow dancers in wheelchairs who are, um, you know, choreographing really cool things. And meanwhile, I'm over here, like, I'm, I'm lucky that I moved from my bed to my desk. <laughs> That's exercise, okay? It really is. Look, I don't want to give anybody fodder for like either the the stereotype that disabled people are are lazy or the stereotype that it's inspiring that disabled people do things but like it's it's inspiring that i move anywhere considering how much energy it takes me it is okay but that's not just for you dear you dear listener know this because you've been listening to us for a while that's not the same kind of inspirational that you're talking about that really is inspiring okay at least to me. It is, yeah. Like, when I sit up in the morning, I inspire myself. Check that off the old to-do list. All right, we can go back to sleep. <laughs> I read something on Instagram, because that is my primary social media, that's like waking up is just preparing to spend the next 12 to 16 hours getting ready for bed. And I was like, wow, that's me. That actually really reframes that for me like that's a very interesting way to think about it that might help me yep it's just you get up so that you can go back to bed and that's how i feel about that that's also uh, vaguely depressing but I, I i do love it look and i'm not even depressed right now like no I, yeah. i'm fine um i just you know getting up out of bed is a a hole for my body and uh it is what it is but i go back to the matter at hand which is that I'm really really longing for that sense of community and solidarity and I occasionally 
find it in an Instagram post where somebody shares something and I'm like, yep, that's also my experience. But it's becoming more rare. And I'm realizing now the thing about Twitter for me was that if I had a very small but frustrating interaction with someone or if I had a small but positive interaction with someone, Twitter was the place where I could go and be like, can you believe that this jerk made this ableist comment? Or like, wow, I had the best, most inclusive and accepting experience today. And then all of a sudden, you have all these random people who come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh my God, solidarity. I also had the same experience. This is amazing. This is terrible. Screw that guy. And none of the other social media platforms that exist right now have that same kind of like, I can just quickly put something out into the atmosphere and know that a hundred other people are going to relate. It's funny because when you said that, my my mind immediately went to the fact that you could argue that Instagram is the most accessible. And I don't mean literally, although maybe it is in that way too, I don't know. I mean more in the sense that it's got a very, very low barrier to entry. As long as you can type 280 characters, you can use Twitter. As opposed to something like Instagram where if you're not taking pictures, you have to create stuff, which is like easy for some right but you have to be a little bit creative and so i think part of the reason why the disability community sort of formed around twitter is just because it's easier to tweet and i don't mean that in a way to suggest that twitter is less than i just mean that you know it's more accessible actually you bring up a really good point i think there's also a lot of conversation that I see pop up around all kinds of issues going on in the world where the question is, you know, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you saying more? Because it's kind of a, it's a heavier lift on different social media platforms. I mean, I can't just send off, uh, you know, a, a quick response, nor honestly, should I or should anyone? I think we should all be more thoughtful in our social media posting. But you know, with Instagram, it's like, I can't just send a thought. I also need some kind of imagery to accompany it. And I want that to be accessible. So I'm going to describe the image. And, yep. you know, I I create lots of content. But, I mean, there are days where it's like, I don't want to create content. I just want to tell somebody what I'm thinking. And now a word from our friends. Have you heard about A Valid Podcast? It's a show about people with intellectual disabilities and or autism. A Valid Podcast is part storytelling and it's part news reporting. Season four is focused on employment. Because we don't want to be at home all day doing nothing. We'd rather go out and do something and, and get paid for it. I work at a local law firm. I work at a clothing store. A Valid Podcast was produced by All Abilities Media. Yeah, that's that's really, I think, part of the uh, the bigger part of the issue, right? Is like Twitter sort of was like the last social media site that I can remember where you didn't where the content was your thoughts rather than you um, 
putting your thoughts into some abstract form in order to send it out, you know? Yes. yes. And also, I mean, I have definitely been a part of a couple reels oh, on yeah. Instagram that I've co-created with other people. Those are great, um, by the way. Love those. And yeah, I mean, they're fun and they're cute, but I am busy living my day-to-day life and I don't feel like I have it in me to live my life in the form of content. And that is not a knock against content creators. That's just where I'm at in my life. That is not accessible to me right now. I do not have the physical or mental capacity to spend that much time, you know, turning my life into consumable pieces. Every single time we make an episode of this show, I have a sudden renewed respect for people who genuinely create good content for a living i it's i we i love to do this and i think you do too and it's hard and um i don't know i just think that like when you don't make stuff it's hard to it's easy to think that it's easy um and so i'm not saying content creators have like a tough life but i am saying like to be constantly on and to be constantly made to be creative really can and does burn somebody out if you're not careful especially if it's about something as personal as disability i mean to be honest i think that that is sometimes why you and i end up with gaps between episodes is because there's always something to talk about when it comes to disability, but sometimes talking about disability is a lot when you're also a disabled person existing in the world. And on the one hand, I feel like, you know, we are contributing to creating that sense of community for a lot of people. And it's so. you know, the people who listen to us have told us that we create a sense of community for them. So I really value that. But it can sometimes be exhausting to be on in that way when you're talking about disability and then you don't take that off and put it on a shelf. You're still disabled when you stop recording. That's really the, not problem, but like I think that's the crux of it, right? That is probably, at least for me, I've never thought of it that way, but that's probably why it's sometimes so hard to do this. Like, it's because you can't remove it when, you know, it's not like we're two people talking about movies. You know what I mean? Like, right. we still have to live like this. Not that it's bad, but I'm just saying it can well, be exhausting. Sometimes it is bad. And that's right. like we have created a space where we can be honest about the fact that if we say that disability is not all sunshine and roses, we are that's not right. saying that in a way that is intended to buy into the negative stereotypes that we are also trying to fight. But at the same time, we're over here mining our lives for content, right? Like, yes. when things happen to us, when we reflect on things from our past, when we think about how things impact us as disabled people, you know, it's it's not impersonal or impartial. It's like actually who we are as people and we are using that and using our stories to create something that we are putting out in the universe. So 
I think what I miss so much about Twitter is not having to reveal these big old stories and just, you know, sharing some thoughts and feelings in 280 characters and then uh, being able to back away from it for a little while. Although that was not always the case. I definitely had moments where I would be on Twitter on my phone and look up and see that I also had it open on my computer. So, you know. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've, that's such a, that's so relatable. But you know, it's funny. You were describing um, sort of what it was like, just, just before what you just said, when you were describing what it was like to be so personal, while you were speaking about that, I couldn't help but think like, yeah, but isn't that what makes it like beautiful in a way? And it's like, but it is. And it's it's hard because it's such a balancing act, which quite frankly is something I'm already pretty bad at. But it applies to this too. Like, on the one hand, I love doing this. But on the other hand, which does not subtract from the love in any way, living and existing like this and being so open and vulnerable with it in a forum where that we've cultivated an audience where we can feel comfortable enough to be that is very like strange. It, it kind of feels like um, you're kind of naked in a glass house. Not really, but like there is sort of a vulnerability there that I don't think I've ever really realized. I think you're absolutely right. And I noticed that too when people comment to me about what they heard on the podcast. So for example, um, I know a lovely person who listened to a few episodes of our podcast and at some point we must have talked about the fact that I have different a different sleep schedule than my boyfriend does and that I'm not a morning person and he's very much a morning person. And so this woman who had just been listening to our podcast, um, she met my boyfriend at an event recently and she literally said to him, she was like, I know your sleep schedule. And that is pretty funny actually it made me laugh like it was and you know it, it wasn't meant to be creepy at all and it's no no and because yeah we put it out there and you, you but you probably forgot you even said it right yeah i mean i didn't even realize you know uh that i had said it in passing but then my boyfriend mentioned her comment to me and then she told me later on in the evening and it made me laugh because i realized that even though it's just us having a conversation in the moment, we are talking to other people. That is funny. That is really funny. So, yeah, I mean, social media is not just for you. It's for other people. Any form of media that you create, it's not always just for you. It's for other people. And we have always done this show in a way that really feels like it's just for us. But there are real, actual people listening to what we're saying. And we love it. But it is always strange. I know we've talked about that before too, but it it really does bear repeating every once in a while. Yeah. No, it, it's a strange feeling. But at the same time, I kind of want this to be an invitation to people if they would like to reach out because they are also missing that sense of community. Like, send us an email. We will answer. Yeah. I mean, any way that this little show of ours could uh, help provide anyone with a sense of community is like 
that is ultimate goal along with educating people for what I've always wanted for the show. So that would make me very happy personally. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I want to teach people, but I also think there needs to be space for the people who aren't really looking to be taught and are just looking to be seen. And um, I would say you could you could tweet at us, but uh, you can you can X at us. What do you even say now? Like, what is it? I don't know, man. I also can't remember the last time I checked our X, formerly known as Twitter. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Just don't use it anymore. I don't. Oh, I I'm an Instagram girly. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. You know what? I also really like. What's that? I like LinkedIn. I'm sorry. What? The work. Oh man, we buried the lead with this one. I didn't know that. I'm just gonna say it. I like LinkedIn. I will say one thing I do love about LinkedIn: the little sound that happens when you post something is just so satisfying to my ears like it scratches a part of my brain that is just <laughs> I don't know how to describe it it's like the opposite of the slack noise okay the slack noise sets something off in me as does the sound that comes from outlook emails oh my god both of those things could wake me from a cold uh, from a dead sleep in a cold sweat <laughs> like genuinely the Pavlovian response that I have to them at this point is unhealthy, but um, yeah, the LinkedIn actually has a couple of good sound effects. There's also a messenger sound effect that I like, and if you accept a connection request, I think it makes a nice Yes. Oh, point. God. Okay, you're converting me. I made fun of you just now, like not 30 seconds ago, but you're explaining this, and I'm like, yes, I'm turning into a LinkedIn guy. Look, I mean, I'm a LinkedIn girl. I have, and this is not a humble brag. This is just ridiculous to me. I have like almost 20,000 followers on there. I think, was that like, gotta be like top five most followed accounts that isn't Bill Gates and Mark Cuban. Yeah, okay. No, I'm, but I am, they named me a top disability voice. And I will wear that badge with so much pride because I love LinkedIn and you can't tell me nothing. I think you might have just converted me. Good. Join LinkedIn. It's I mean, still- I'm already on it, but I don't ever use it. I, I use it as like a repository for my professional life. Like it's a digital resume that's always living. But Well, I also do that too, just because well, I yeah. want that living document. But I'm telling you, I use Instagram and I use LinkedIn. Maybe you should I- have a LinkedIn. I'm firmly in the camp of being like a 127-year-old woman, but that's fine. All right. Well, in that case, I've got a Nigerian prince email I need you to respond to. <laughs> and um, I would be more than happy to wire them the money. Great. They'll give you like 500 grand for your trouble. Please, please don't. Please don't fall for internet traps. I literally just got a phishing email today, actually. Um, from someone pretending to be the president of an organization that I work with. Do you follow Kit Boga? No, but am I about to be schooled? No, he he does scam baiting. It's very good. You'll love it. Okay, well, 
yeah, give me give me all your recs for nonsense like that. I love it. I shouldn't. I feel terrible when people get scammed, but No, 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 no. He doesn't scam. He he scams the scammers. Uh what? Yes. He scammed bait. Yes. That's amazing. I'm fascinated by stories like that. Um, there was an article that I read about uh scams that are happening with Zelle where some couple tried to buy a swimming pool and then pay the contractor through Zelle except that they were not paying the contractor what they were paying a scammer no that sucks yeah it was pretty terrible um but we have gotten off track and you know what I'm gonna tell you uh, if you want a, a little insight into something kind of meta, Kyle and I are using a new platform to record this episode. So I have no countdown timer and no concept of how much time we've been talking for. 30 minutes. We should probably wrap it up. And on that note, we should probably do final takeaways. Mine is uh, you can support the show at patreon.com slash Accessible Stall just $1 a month. Ensures that all current and future episodes of the Accessible Stall remain what? Accessible! Never back down, never what? Accessible! <laughs> What's your final takeaway? My final takeaway is let's keep building this community. Heck yeah. So uh, this has been another episode of the Accessible Stall. I'm Kyle. I'm Emily. And might we say you look great today. Really? You look so good today. Especially you, Stephanie, in that pink polka dot shirt. And uh, I was going to say you, Barry, in that one. (laughs) Who's Barry? I was joke. Like we could like there's going to be someone named Stephanie wearing a pink polka dot shirt. He's going to be really freaked out. You know what's? Uh, did you ever, when there were like the kids' television shows, and then at the end of the show, they'd be like, or at the beginning of the show, they'd be like, Hi, Frank, I see you, Joe. And then it's like, I, Frank yes, is. that that was kind of the vibe I was going for. I realized it probably just sounded creepy, but I'm keeping it. We're watching you, Stephanie and Barry. You look great today. Both of you, especially. You look good. Okay. This got weird because we can never just end an episode. Impossible. See you later. Love you. And now a word from our friends. And now a word from our friends. Thank